Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Life is such an uncloseted space. You guys know this. You listen to it all the time. But life is also a beautiful kaleidoscope of who we are as people and how we show up in the world. But sometimes that means you got to really step into the true spirit of who you are. And today's guest is truly living their two-spirit life. They have created a kaleidoscope of how they want to show up in the world. And they've even created a kaleidoscope as a mantra, as a song for how you live the joy of your life. He is a singer-performer. He is a two-spirit person. So they may show up as a they. You just never know how they're presenting in the world. They happen to also be a therapist. They've been doing sex therapy and songwriting and many different things. So never, ever underestimate where you can go. They walked away from the world of singing and performing and everything for a while. And now they're back in full force with a brand new title song called Kaleidoscope. Their name is Roger Kuhn. And I'm so excited, Roger, to have you here today talking about your new music. And you even got a book coming out. We're going to go there too, folks. But this is truly about embracing the kaleidoscope of who you are, your life, and showing up in the spirits that you were meant to show up as. So, Roger, welcome to Life Uncloseted. I'm really excited to have you here. Man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. That's quite an, quite an intro. Well, you've got quite a <laughs> life, so it's pretty easy to work with it when we got like, wow, therapist oh. and this and that and all these different things that you've done. But it seems to me just like seeing the things that you've done that as a indigi queer, we're going to talk about what that means, mm-hmm. um, activist and artist, you tie all this with your therapy and writing books and making music, you're really living your fullest self as your spirit. And I'm curious, was that always the way you showed up in life? Or was there like this progression into being more and more and more who you truly were? Well, you know, I think at one point when I was younger, uh, I was I was heavily pursuing music more as a uh, like the business. I was I wanted mm-hmm. to be a, a singer, a songwriter, musician, rock star. And um, I have what I call like, you know, uh, a one, I was sort of like a one hit wonder when I was younger. And the video that eventually got on TV and played on national TV was part of the Logo channel for a while. They used to have a show show on the Logo channel called The Click List and had a song called What's Your Name that uh, Mm -hmm. made it into their top 10. So it played on national TV. And at that point, then, you know, I kind of had to say to myself, like, hey, this is, this feels good. This, this is a moment that I can step back and say that. I, I got I got pretty close to the dream. You don't you never really know what it's going to look like though. Um, at that moment in my life, with the other musicians that I was sort of hanging out with, I was the only one to have gotten sort of that kind of break. Um, and right at that moment too was when I met my now husband, and I thought, mm. I think that this is you know I think Sean kind of came into my life at a really opportune time because it was like well. 
he kind of got to see me at this really interesting peak. He didn't see the the years of work that it took to get to a place like that. And after I had that moment, I thought, well, there's a lot of other things that I want to do in my life, um, like maybe go to school and maybe study. And I can kind of look at this video moment and this national TV moment as I checked that box. I, I did that. What else can I do? Mm. And eventually... I went off and I did a lot of other things. I went and got my degree and then I got my master's degree. Then I eventually got my PhD. Um, and, and then I had all of those, I guess, moments of what we're cultured to believe our success. Hey, you mm-hmm. do all these great things. Now you're a doctor. And I was very happy about that. And at the same time, I said to my husband, Sean, one day, like, how is it that I can feel that I'm so successful in the world and yet I'm I'm not all that happy mm-hmm. and I I realized really what was going on was that I didn't have enough music in my life I had all of these other things I was doing but music wasn't a big part of it and once uh, this was like sort of during the pandemic now uh, when I was with a lot of my downtime and once I committed uh, recommitted to going back into music and it was really through i was actually at a two-spirit gathering that was really the inspiration for me to um go back into music the once i i decided like hey i'm I'm going back into it i'm gonna make another record and i'm gonna go back on tour uh things just started to shift in a really exciting ways and um i put a new i put a record out about a year ago called mado and mado is the muskoki word for thank you the muskoki is my um uh, my native language mm-hmm. as a muskoki porch creek person that means thank you and so my i put out this uh what i call a songwriting anthology which is mado which is the songs that i've written over the past uh 20 years of my my life as an artist and then i released that out on vinyl and i went on a a tour this past fall um, and just had my last show in New York in December. It was awesome. The The show was completely sold out. It, it, it was just a really fun moment. And then, you know, boom, right, right after that New York moment, this, this new record, I'm sorry, this new song is, is released that I've, that I've got with a velvet code called kaleidoscope. So it's like, who just like, let me catch my breath a moment. And then uh-huh. now I'm off on this new music adventure, new video that just came out as well so very exciting time right now well and a lot of it i'm going to assume and this is a big assumption a lot of it came from be probably coming very comfortable in your two-spirit self i mean you're Mm. part of a you know you're a child of an interracial marriage so that brings up interesting things alone and then being in the spectrum of queerness all this is continually driving you towards being who you're meant to be. Sure. And if you were rejecting any of that, it would probably keep you from feeling free to go make music and write books and show up and continue to embrace. I know as I sure. wrote my first book, it, the first book I never would even envision doing. It wasn't even there. But after I came out and started embracing my truth of who I was, and this podcast that we're recording right now would never have existed had I not embraced mm-hmm. who I really was. And then I realized, you know, one of the things that I kept hiding from so many people was my own creativity mm-hmm. and my ability to like be in the moment and do stuff. So I'm not trying to hang my hat on this, like, oh, look at me, but I'm seeing a very similar parallel to you of 
sure. embracing your two spirit, who you are. And I want to, I would love for you to share. I think many of us in the queer culture have heard that term, but I'm not sure a lot of people really understand what it means. So let's go back sure. to your roots and really talk about what that two spirit actually means and why it's so important to us as queer individuals or should be. Well, I think that when when you're just living your life, right? Um, being a uh, being a mixed person, you know, having a, a white father and native mother, that's just my life. I don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. Though I know other people think about it. Other people think about it. Other people are kind of looking at my family and going, oh, your family is different from my family or the way that you are or your culture is different than mine. I didn't really start thinking about the complexity of that uh, really until my teen years. I, I knew that we were mm-hmm. different in my in my family, though um, I it was really more the more it got pointed out to me, the more that I realized, oh, perhaps the way that I am responding right now is based upon this fact that um, one, my family is like this. And then two, I, within my family, am like this. And I didn't know what it was. Mm. I didn't know what it was, though I always knew from very early on in my life that I was different than everybody around me. (laughs) Like, I did not feel like a boy fully, Mm. nor Mm. did I feel like a girl fully. And I just always kind of felt like, well, I'm 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 all of those things. I am a boy and a girl, and in and even though I have this this thing that people tell me is called a penis, mm-hmm. it didn't register to me that like I had this, you know, my and and still today my relationship with my penis doesn't feel um, like territory. I, I don't want to go piss on things to claim territory, right? right? It just feels <laughs> like my that's just how my body that's how my body is. Once I got older, um, now now I'm living in New York City. I grew up in North Dakota, but then I moved to New York, and then I met I met another Native person who um, says to me, "Oh, you're 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 like me. You're you're two spirit." And I said, mm. "Well, what does that what does that mean?" And the way that it was explained to me was, again, not uh, that oh you're just LGBT um, and you're Native, though right. more like. Well, it's this it's this term that encompasses so much of who we are as as native people. Um once once I learned that that term to spirit, I went, "Oh, that makes so much sense." Mm-hmm. And in in the Muskogee language, our term that we use is anathkaba. And it's not necessarily like the official term. We don't know that that's the actual term because right. we've lost a lot of our language because of colonization. Though that's the term a lot of people use, anathkaba, and it just also happens to um, translate into uh, what we say uh, the word Wednesday, right? So, um, though if you think about well, what does Wednesday mean? Wednesday is the middle of the week. So in the Muskoki language, a person like myself, a two-spirit person, anathkaba, anathkaba chichla, that means that I'm in the middle. And I love this idea. And and we have to think about the middle, not not in that binary male-female kind of way, but as if those two points of male and female were bent together to form a mm-hmm. circle. And Anathkaba resides in the middle of that, in, in this 
circle, there's the center point, which means I can go anywhere, up, down, left, right, around the circle, inside the circle, outside the circle, diagonal. Uh, and I that feels to me much more uh, in alignment with what my gender really is, that I can just flow in all of these magical ways. And the same could be said about my orientation, who I may or may not be attracted to uh, yeah. physically or sexually, et cetera. Yeah. But I find it really interesting that, you know, we all talk about this stuff in different ways. But at the end of the day, every way you look at it, whether it's two-spirit or being queer or LGBTQ, I, I don't care what it is. It's all about just allowing ourselves to be free and to flow into where we are. And what we, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and he's like, okay, he loves to, he loves to chide me. Cause you know, he's like, well, as an older gay man, I'm like, just, just stop that already. He goes, well, okay, fine. As an elder in our community, I'm like, just stop that. All right. I'm only 60. I'm not like, you know, falling off the edge of the earth here. He goes, no, no, I'm being serious. He goes, I'm really curious. What is the thing that you would say has helped you be most you? I said, you actually just said it. I just be most me. I don't know what that's going to look like from moment to moment. There's going to be moments where most me is being very humble and very quiet in the stillness of, you know, something. Then it's being really bold and being on a podcast and like guiding the direction and having fun and maybe mouthing off and, you know, saying, fuck this or fuck that, you know? And then there'll be moments like I'm just really quiet and I'm a complete introvert. But the beauty is, I'm all of these things and them mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. And what I love about being in our queer culture is that if we're really pushing the boundaries, which, you know, a lot of people try, oh, they're just such radicals and everything. No, what we're doing is we're inviting others, my perspective, inviting others to be free in who they are, except for when I hurt somebody else. I don't want anybody saying, oh, well, I'm being sure. free to be this radical Christian. And uh, okay, you know what? What you're doing actually is hurting somebody else. I don't know a whole lot of queer people out there that are pushing any agenda to do anything other than just let me be. I just want to be. I, I, I get it if you don't understand me as a two-spirit person or as a gender non-conforming or as a gay man or as a lesbian or as a transgender or bisexual. I, I understand that, but all I'm all I'm inviting you to just let me be because I'm letting you be. And I think mm. this is where the kaleidoscope of life is so interesting. So why, why was it so important to you to create a song around this kaleidoscope? Cause I've listened to it. I've seen the video. It's amazing. Why Thank was it you. important to you to put this out in the world? You know, well, when I, this is where it, it, it becomes interesting to be working with someone, right? Because when I um, originally titled the song, I titled it Vulnerable because there is a, a couple of times in the song right before the chorus where I say the words vulnerable. And originally I, I was calling the song Vulnerable and uh, my producer friend Velvet Code says to me, why don't you call the song Kaleidoscope? Because the there's a word kaleidoscope in the chorus. And I thought, right. oh. Actually, yeah, it makes so much more sense to call it Kaleidoscope. And once once we changed the name of it, 
I really started to see the importance of that phrase, a kaleidoscope to navigate our way. What mm -hmm. I love about that, and this is what I've discovered in my life too, is that we are always presented with multiple, multiple choices. D despite the tragedy that some of us experience in our lives, and unfortunately, I know myself uh, come from a family where there's a lot of trauma. And what I've seen in my clinical work as a psychotherapist for over a decade in my in my work. Um, and the healing comes when we when we choose to to take a step in a direction that we're not sure is going to get us to where we think we want to be going. And that's what I love about a kaleidoscope is that when you, when you look through one, um, there are all of these ways that all of these places, I should say, that your eye can go and look at. And life truly is that way. And if we recognize that, again, this choice is not yes or no all the time, for a lot of us, the the choice is kaleidoscopic, meaning mm. that the, the path is very similar, very similar, but there might be just a hint more light over here. And if so, let's choose that way. That way is going to get us a little bit closer, a little bit sooner. And the more we can recognize that, I think the easier we can navigate these incredibly complex things that we're experiencing in our lives. Another lyric that I really love in that song is, rainbows are possible if we make it through the rain. And that truly for me is is an, is an, a nod to e even just myself to, to say, if... If I can get through the things that I've gotten through in my life and choose then to choose joy, mm -hmm. to choose pleasure as ways to heal and to then literally broadcast that in front of people to say, well, I'll write a song about it. And then I'm going to make a video about it and share that with people. To me, uh, that that is that's cathartic for myself. That's healing for myself to to know that maybe by doing this. Um, it helps somebody else heal as well to see that. Such an interesting space because so many times, and you know, this as a therapist, <clears throat> I would assume, you know, this as a therapist, I know this as a coach <clears throat> that a lot of times what I'm doing with someone, like even right now doing this podcast with you, there there's things happening for me. Like mm -hmm. I am, I having some insights and like, Oh, I never, since I never thought of this, but Oh, it's that's coming back you know, or, oh yeah, this is creating something that I want to feel. And many times I, I will walk off a session or walk off a podcast and go, okay, I need to, I need some time now to really like process. Not that you're saying anything wrong. There's nothing you're saying wrong at all, mm -hmm. but it's bringing up stuff like, oh yeah, my trauma that I experienced as a childhood or, sure. you know, being, being part of a group not because of my race or anything, but I remember an incident where as a very young boy, my parents were, you know, Northern California hippies. And then we moved to Colorado and then we moved to Arkansas and, and being called hippies and like not Christian enough because my hair was too long. I mean, all these interesting things, but yet it was all part of my trauma and everything that I was going through that held me from coming out of the closet in the way that I needed to for so long. Mm. Mm -hmm. but yet Roger, it's such a, now I can see it, which is something that I think comes for all of us with age and wisdom and everything. I see it as a beautiful reflection on who I am now. 
Every mm. bit of it is part of the kaleidoscope of me getting to where I wanted to be. Yeah. Mm. So I know why you brought this to the world, but why do you, I mean, I love this, that, you know, it's a lens of helping people choose joy and choose pleasure and all these different things. And this is a tough one. Cause I've been asked this question too. I remember somebody asking me, so why should somebody read your book? Hmm. And my first thing was, well, because it'll help them really get through this coming out process. And this, this journalist who was interviewing me said, okay, that sounds like a very pat answer for somebody who just wrote a book. I want you to tell me why, Rick, I should pick up this book and read it. And I got really quiet because I'm like, wow, that's actually a really good question. I never really thought why I was, I mean, I wrote the book. I wanted to have impact. And I got really quiet and I said, because I believe within all of us, there's something each one of us continues to hide in our closets of our lives. And if I can help somebody open one little closet door in their being to be more of who they are, that's why they should read the book. It wasn't because I thought I had some voodoo wisdom of something. I'm like, but that it's interesting, Roger, because that actually became kind of a mantra of mine. It's like, I just want everybody to live outside of their closets, whatever those closets are. Mm. So I'm curious for you, why do you feel like, and I'm not saying somebody has to, but why should somebody listen to this music? What is that inciting thing that somebody should listen to your music? What I've been thinking about a lot throughout my life as a musician is the importance of uh, stories and and representation. And I think that um, when I when I'm specifically doing this, this project it's it's very different these this is um the first time i've i've written with another artist this many songs so i just want to kind of caveat that i'm i'm used to sort of telling my own story the way that i'm working with velvet is um very new for me but also very fun we were mm-hmm. i i get these tracks and velvet sometimes says nothing to me about the track just i this track arrives in my inbox and i create lyrics and melodies over them. Um, What I think is most important though, in terms of like what these particular songs that I've written represent are their stories about a queer experience. Mm -hmm. And there's their stories about freedom and liberation and the questions and the things that we do in order to find freedom and liberation. And in the queer world, I think we all know this too, unfortunately, too much, that our stories are full of trauma. We have so much trauma. Um, And this music is, is about, again, making it through the rain, finding the rainbow, and finding being on that path toward liberation and freedom, even though we have experienced trauma, even though we've experienced loss. And that is what I hope that once the whole album is done, I only have three more songs to record and the, the album mm. will be done. When when you listen to the album from beginning to end, you go, holy shit, that feel, I feel inspired. I feel like I want to get up. <laughs> I want to work on that thing that I've that I've been doing. I feel inspired to live my life a little more bolder. 
Right. And I think that's the power of music is that it can inspire um, people to to do things. And and that's what this this project, I think, um, I really hope people get from listening to it. But I love that, you know, and I know all of us as artists, we put our we put the stories in and we try to create stories for people can relate to. What I love about what I've heard so far is there's such a thread of there's a thread of some trauma, but there's also the thread of the healing and there's this thread of celebration and there's this, and maybe it's just, it's hit it. Maybe for me, it's like, Hey, that's what my interpretation of it is. But I think it's really beautiful when we as creatives and artists can bring that into our world in a way to help somebody go, okay, I thought I was the, I thought I was alone. Oh my gosh, here's this, you know, <clears throat> indigenous queer activist and artist who makes me see, oh, I can I can feel that two spirit and I'm going to be good too. I'm going to be okay. Or I am not the only one out there. And you know, it's interesting Roger because when I came out, I literally <clears throat> thought I was the only guy who had been married to a woman and had two kids and was causing all this trauma in my life. And then I get out in the gay world, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we're everywhere. We're everywhere." <laughs> There's so many of us, right? Sure. But I think the beauty of it is what you are bringing into the world with Kaleidoscope and the rest of the songs on the album is a resounding, interesting way of saying we're queer, we're here, and these are our stories. These are our truths. This is us representing what so many people would like to see us not represent. And I love the beauty of that because it's saying I'm giving myself speaking of you, permission to really showcase me in so many different ways, which again, kind of plays to that kaleidoscope of here, you're showing up, you know, everything from, you know, your past life in your childhood to your family life, the pain that was there, all of these things to the feelings of isolation and that you're shining a light on this, that, oh, here I am. This is how I can be. And that you did rise through that. So- yeah. One of the things I noticed was you have this interesting way of being in the pain, <clears throat> but also being in the beauty mm. of walking through that pain. Would mm. you say that that's kind of an undertone of all this? Like there is this pain, but there's always on the other side of the pain is the beauty that we step into. Yeah, I was appreciative of, of you of you sharing your your own experience of in the world, you know, and it's always like, oh, now that you know someone might know that about you, oh, you were married, oh, you had you know children, um, you were married to a woman before, whatever it might be, it it helps us connect to your story a little bit deeper, and I think that that is somewhat what when people understand um, my identity as a two spirit person. They may not even need to know a whole bunch about two spear people, though knowing that as a songwriter that I that my identity as a two spear person may have influenced the song, might help you as a listener connect to it in a different way. Not that mm -hmm. you have to connect to it. Uh, you know, you might say like, "Well, I'm not an indigenous person. What does this mean to me?" That that it doesn't matter that you are indigenous or not. It's about whether or not um, if you if you recognize like, "Oh yeah." The, the history of Two-Spirit people has been incredibly challenging, incredibly traumatic in the course of colonization, you know, through, through all of these things. 
Um, so if we focus here on the pleasure aspect of it, that's what makes it even more exciting to say like, ah, even as a person who, who is, you know, the fact that you and I are talking, you know, it's always this reminder that, you know, you're talking to the descendant of a survivor of genocide. That's who mm -hmm. you're talking to right now in this conversation, right? You know, when, when we're, we're talking about two spirit people that, you know, I'm a survivor of a descendant of genocide. Right. And so like that, to have that, as like the base of what we talk about when we, when we talk about two spirit, like resiliency, to say that then a song like mine, like Kaleidoscope, to then say, well, I'm going to talk about joy and I'm going to talk about when we actually accept this is who I am. Mm -hmm. There's a moment in the video where I have this beautiful medallion that uh, this beautiful beaded medallion that really looks like a kaleidoscope when you look through it that, you know, that I that I recognize that when I step into my indigiqueer, my two-spirit nature and say, this is who I am, I embrace it fully. That is when I find that sense of freedom and liberation. And, you know, those those colors start showing up and I'm in, in this, uh, the video was shot in Toronto. And one of my favorite parts of Toronto called Graffiti Alley, where they have these amazing murals that these mm. graffiti artists did. So that, you know, that's where the big sort of reveal moment is happening in the video where I'm saying like, yeah, I'm stepping into this, that despite these years, 532 years of occupation on this land, right? Like, what does it mean to, to be a two-spirit person and to celebrate, um, to be joyous on, you know, despite all of the, these things that we still go through as, you know, indigenous people, you know, I always remind folks that, I go and visit my mother on the reservation. The reservation exists for a reason. It's still there because colonization is still happening. It's an ongoing thing. It hasn't ended. It's reservations exist because it's still ongoing. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, my my identity as an indigenous person, as a two-spirit person, becomes so intermingled with my work as an as an artist because I can't separate those two things. Mm -hmm. My work is about liberation and freedom as a queer person and as an indigenous person, because both of those parts of my identity are very oppressed in the larger world. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I, I speak of and I sing of and I dance of freedom and liberation and I write of freedom and liberation because those two biggest facets of my identity are where I feel the most oppressed in my own life. Mm. So the oppression. Yeah. That mm. oppression also, though, there's a statement you that I read that you said, um, you know, that the liberation is kind of the foundation for pleasure and that pleasure heals. I can't help but think that even through all the different oppressions of being two spirit, living those family lives, um, without experiencing that, I didn't know that you could have landed on that. Con I mean, as soon as I read you said pleasure heals it's such an easy concept and we all are like oh let's have fun like i don't <laughs> think we realize how much having pleasure in our life and maybe it's because i just interviewed somebody else who we talked all about erotic pleasure and all this sort of stuff um so it's very prominent in my thought processes right now but how often we don't allow pleasure to play a huge pivotal part yeah. in our worlds and let pleasure actually help us heal some of the pain that we have endured. Yeah. So I think that's a beautiful thing that you brought forward because then you also said that's the way to happiness and satisfaction. It's one of the yeah. ways you can get there. 
Well, you know, um, the other day I was at a, a hockey game, like an NHL game, my first time I've ever been to a hockey game. <laughs> and I, I had this, th- there's these moments where the the announcers are like, um, and I guess it's called the Jumbotron. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I'll, I'll come across the Jumbotron that will say scream and everybody in the arena just starts screaming. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think I get it. Mm-hmm. I think I understand why some people come to an event like this, which to me, I was like blown away, but I'm not a sports person, but I've always been very intrigued by like, well, what's, what's up with sports? Like, what do you care? You know, like, what do you care about that? You know, you're not the one scoring the point or whatever it may be. And I really thought that in our culture, we don't have a lot of places in general where we can express our emotions. Mm-hmm. We contain them to places like you can express them in music. You can express them at a sports game. You can yell and scream and get it out. So we, it's almost like we've compartmentalized pleasure so much in our lives that it's like you can go to this space and you can scream and yell and shout, whether that's a concert or a sporting match or inside your home. But pleasure has to be contained. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's, I think the next kind of where I want to go in my life in general is like, how have I been containing my pleasure so much that I'm actually diffusing it? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it like to actually, and I think for me that this, this willingness to be witnessed in my vulnerability right now by uh, coming back out into the world as a singer songwriter and, you know, after <laughs> stepping away for so long is is really to say like yeah to to be witnessed in my my exploration of pleasure as a liberatory modality pleasure through singing pleasure through being witnessed in song as a liberatory modality right um you know what happens if i really really center that and say this is what i'm doing this is how I'm doing it. You might do it by writing a book. You might do it by running a marathon. I'm doing it by releasing an album and going on tour and and talking about the process of discovery of self through writing song or through collaboration or through partnership, whatever it might be. And that's what I'm I think I'm so excited about what's next for me in terms of the creative process of of this project that I'm working on is like then what does the what does the promotion of liberation look like mm-hmm. well the promotion of liberation and pleasure i mean let's just be honest yeah. like and it kind of comes yes. full circle to what this this podcast is all about about uncloseting ourselves you having to be uncloseting the thought of bringing yourself more pleasure and and looking through the lens of that kaleidoscope of life and seeing where am i missing this and so often mm-hmm. it happens as we wrap up here, it's so ironic that you brought up the hockey game because I recently was with my team from work at a hockey game. I, I've been to mm-hmm. some before, but it had been years. It had been years. And I was like, okay, I'm not, you know, whatever. I, I'll show up. I wasn't super excited about going. And then I got there and the CEO is very much like, he he's just recently got into hockey. This wasn't like his thing at all. He'd gone and now his whole family's into it and everything. And to your point about expressing emotions, it's so interesting because as the opposing team comes onto the ice and they start listing off their names like such and so and, you know, Roger Kuhn. Well, guess what the crowd says? 
They say the name. The announcer says the name. They suck. And then the next name, <laughs> and they suck. And I'm like, anywhere else, this would probably not be, you know, but it is such an interesting thing to see when we release ourselves. I'm not saying telling somebody they suck is pleasurable, but there's this there's this energy that started to fill the stadium. When we first got there, there was hardly anybody there because we happened to be going into a, a nice catered box suite and everything. I'm like, there's nobody in this mm-hmm. arena. Is this thing actually happening? And then, you know, as it started, and by the time the game really got going, it's completely full, you know? Yeah. But I love your analogy of we have put so many of our emotions and things that are vital to us as humans into these containers. And we're not allowing them out. It is putting those things into closets where, okay, it's not good. It's not good to do this. Even that thought of mine, like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's not the best thing to tell somebody they suck because you get in trouble <laughs> for that on a playground or something. Right. But what a beautiful thing, Roger, that you are, you've given yourself permission to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to liberate my pleasure. I'm going to liberate myself into being truly who I am and give myself full permission to continue to be there. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing. And if anybody wants to find your music, what's the best place for them to go see the music and see your book? We didn't even talk about your book. You got a book coming out. Yeah, I've got a book coming out. Yes, February. It's going to be out February 6th, North Atlantic uh, Publishing, distributed by Penguin Random House. It's called Soma Cultural Liberation. It's about the way culture... shapes and impacts our bodily experiences. So we talked a lot about things that are in my book tonight. We just didn't say, hey, this is in my book. Um, so that'll be out wherever you can get your books. But best way to find me is through my website, rogerkuhn, R-O-G-E-R-K-U-H-N.com. My music is on all streaming platforms on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Tidal, um, you know, I Pandora, <laughs> SoundCloud, it's on all it's on all the streaming. It's sites. everywhere. Everywhere you should be. Yeah. So well, Roger, That's thank you right. so much. Wishing you thank success you. with the book and Kaleidoscope and the rest of the album. And um, it's so good connecting with you. And thank you for sharing so deeply about two spirit and what it really means and showcasing how it means to move through life and be beyond, you know, the traumas and stuff and really embracing who you are. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted? Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.